welcome to another What's Up podcast. Uh, I am the What's Up associate editor, Jocelyn Murphy, and we are responsibly practicing our social distancing today. So we have our two guests joining us by phone, um, but I am very excited for this conversation as I am every year. We are joined by Scott Galbraith, the vice president of programming and executive producer at the Walton Arts Center and Jennifer Ross, Director of Programming at the Walton Arts Center. Thank you for being on this call, you guys. Well, happy to do it. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Strange uh, circumstances, but still happy. Yes, strange, strange circumstances. Uh, like I said, we're, we're recording this uh, via phone call, so if the audio is a little more echoey than usual, we apologize. But uh, as we were just discussing while setting up this phone call, uh, we are all learning new exciting things to get through the day and get through our jobs. So it's, we're all learning together. <laughs> But I am uh, particularly excited for this conversation because we are discussing the new Broadway series for the next series, 2020, 2021, 2020 and 21, uh, at Walton Arts Center, uh, which was just announced... um, you know, no telling when you're listening to this, but you guys announced the new season on March 16th. And what are, what are you seeing? Are people as excited as I am for the new season? So far, the reaction has been um, really, really gratifying. It's been quite ecstatic, I have to say. And we were a little concerned, I won't lie, because you know, normally we do the announcement in a live event on stage mm-hmm. at Walton Arts Center with a you know fully packed house. And with the, you know, Obviously, with given the social distancing requirements of the day, we abandoned that and instead um, announced the season through a video that our communications team put together. And um, we were thrilled with the number of views both that night, overnight, and the subsequent response, the various comments we've been seeing. There is um, really, a, a, I think, a tremendous amount of excitement about the season. And to my surprise, some of the titles that keep popping up in people's comments are not necessarily the ones that I would have thought would be the the top, um, sort of the the most well-known titles. Really? Yeah. What what are the the unexpected ones you're seeing uh, people maybe maybe a little unexpectedly uh, show more interest in? Well, I fully anticipated, and Jennifer may have a different take on this, uh, but my sense was I fully anticipated that Come From Away would be one that people would know about because it has been so widely talked about in popular culture and media. So I fully expected that one. The one that's really surprising me is the number of people who have heard of and now are really excited that we're bringing in Free Love Supreme, or Freestyle Love Supreme. I had mm. not, um, I had not anticipated that. I'm with you on that, Scott. I've known about the show for several years, but it was it was not really in the Broadway realm. And so when it did its short run on Broadway earlier this year, I was terribly excited about it. And then for us to be able to bring it to Northwest Arkansas, you know, next year is just really exciting. And everybody is excited about it that I've talked to. So it's really fun. And I think the other one that maybe we had we had anticipated that folks would be excited about, I think there's more excitement than I had anticipated, was Mean Girls. <laughs> A lot of excitement there. 
That's great, though. Um, and so we, uh, we're going to go a little bit out of order then because you guys brought some of them up and because the series is available online so people can go and see when these shows will be premiering. But uh, you, you specifically mentioned Freestyle Love Supreme. That was one that I was not at all familiar with when I saw the announcement when we spoke the other day. Uh, we did have a preview interview where we spoke about the season um, for our upcoming story in What's Up, and you can find that online and in the newspaper on Sunday, March 22nd. So we did speak a little bit ahead of time. Um, and when we were speaking, this was one I was completely unfamiliar with. Um, but it's got a name attached to it you might be familiar with. Absolutely. Lin-Manuel Miranda um, wrote Freestyle of Supreme with his colleagues, Thomas Kale and Anthony Veneziali in... I can't even remember when, when they wrote it, but it was before In the Heights and clearly before Hamilton. And so Freestyle Love Supreme is um, a hip-hop musical that's improv. So it's made up on the spot the night that you're seeing it. The audience will give ideas to the people on stage, and they will improvise an entire evening. And it's just so much fun. Scott, do you have anything you'd like to add about Freestyle Love Supreme? Well, I, one of the things that I love about this piece, period, but also it being a part of our season is, um, it is, it is a very, it's a non-traditional musical theater form. The standard American musical, which is great and created by, you know, essentially by Rodgers and Hammerstein, um, with Oklahoma, um, it, you know, that's, that's a story of a straight form storytelling with the music advancing the plot and the choreography helping to advance the story. You know, it's character driven. And we have a number of shows this year that are in that mold. This one clearly is not. And we strive within the, the season every year to present both the traditional American theater form and to look at new forms and what new voices are bringing to the musical theater experience. And um, so this one really uh, helps us fulfill that. Uh, the fact that, as I think Jennifer said, it only played a limited uh, engagement in New York this year, um, which is to say that it closed, uh, thankfully, before all of this stuff happened, before the <laughs> coronavirus happened. But it hasn't even gone through the Tony voting nominating uh, process yet, the Tony uh, process yet. So it's that new. And the fact that we were able to announce that it's coming to Arkansas um, even before it went through that process, and we think before any of the other markets have announced their engagements, that's very exciting. It doesn't get more direct from Broadway than Freestyle Love Supreme. Yes, and it's so exciting to have, uh, like you mentioned, that little bit. And it's so exciting, as you mentioned, to have that uh, show coming that's a little bit of that non-traditional format. Um, and as, as you mentioned when we spoke before, um, you said, how often does do our audiences get the chance to be collaborators in a Broadway musical? And, and the, the stage, the actors, uh, will be taking suggestions from the audience and, and building complete songs from audience suggestions and that just sounds like such a fun night of theater to me it, we, well the fun part is that every single performance is different because of that so we fully expect that people will come early in the week and then bring their friends later and see a different show wonderful yeah that sounds like so much fun um the other one i want to talk about uh i mean we're going to talk about all of them but because again you you've already mentioned it come from away um this show uh sounds so 
powerful but also really uplifting and I'm gonna have you guys speak to that a little bit um, and then I'm I'm gonna bring up something you said when we spoke the other day because um, I want to kind of get your take on how that applies now so so tell us a little about the show first what is come from away come from away is a um, it's a wonderful sort of um, ensemble style piece of theater so again it's not a traditional American musical form um, but it it um, is the story of um, the residents of, of Gander Newfoundland um, on 9/11 when in a matter of hours 38 planes of 7,000 passengers who were stranded because of the closing of the U.S. airspace on 9-11, when those folks all landed in Gander uh, of necessity and were essentially overnight, you know, immediate refugees. And it's about how an island of 9,000 residents rallied to find a way to serve the needs of 7,000 guests um, with essentially no notice. And on those planes were people of different languages, different cultures, different religious backgrounds. There were families with children. There were nursing mothers. There were pets in the cargo hold. And all of the people with medicinal needs. And so you go through the process of, of watching these folks in the midst of a, of, a, of a tragedy, but finding the courage to find the best in themselves and reach out and provide service to their fellow human beings. It's, it's amazing. And... Oddly, if you consider what we're all going through again right now, it's not 9-11, obviously, but we are seeing folks summoning that courage and looking, how do we, how do we help each other? How do we provide for each other? Um, how do we make sure that the, um, you know, the more senior in our community are, are having opportunities to get their groceries? We're going through the same kind of thing now, but this is the, you know, based on the 9-11 context. It's not a musical about 9-11 but it's about the best of humanity that 9-11 brought out in all of us. Absolutely. The stories of, of that community's absolute selflessness in serving those thousands of people, um, those thousands of people that they'd never met that just literally landed on their island. Um, it's about those people's need. I mean, their palpable need to, to help those refugees in the mm. face of not knowing what was going on. Um, the stories are told in a way that's, that's heartwarming um, and life-affirming. The music is just spectacular. The band is, is on stage. You don't see them all the time, but they're, they're there. Um, the music is folk-inspired. It's, um, it's Quebecois, Appalachian, Irish. It's kind of all those things together. Um, and it's it's really a beautiful story about uh, about our need to help each other. Yeah. Wow. Um, when we spoke the other day, you know, you you both seemed just so moved uh, by the show, even just explaining it to me. So I think it sounds like it's going to be a really incredible night of theater. And Scott, you touched on something there. Um, so a little bit of a peek into my process. Uh, like I said, we, we spoke several days ago. Um, it, and when I was going back through the transcript of our conversation to write my story that is coming out on March 22nd, so that story is already done at this point when we are recording this podcast. Um, when we had that conversation the other day, 
people were starting to get anxious. You know, there was Purell everywhere, but we were all still at work. Um, nobody was being necessarily quarantined yet. And in a matter of, what, a little more than a week, um, when I'm going back through my transcript, uh, we are all working from home at this point. People are frightened. Um, but like you said, there are these stories of people helping their neighbors and people making sure that um, the elderly around them are being taken care of. And uh, se several quotes from both of you that I, that I came across in my transcript, I was just like, man, wow, that completely applies to um, the situation we're in right now. It's not 9-11, but it's, it's, these quotes apply to the situation we're in. And so I'm not going to read all of them. They are in the story. It's, um, I really loved what you both had to say about the show. But uh, Scott, specifically, you said this show takes us back to that place, you know, regarding, um, you said, many people will say in those days after 9-11, we were at our best as human beings. This takes us back to that place, which wouldn't it be great if we could just live in that space all the time without the tragedy that required it? You're not blaming coronavirus on me, are you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, I'm just... I, guess I didn't realize, I guess you have to gotta be careful what you ask for, huh? No, 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 that's not what I'm implying at all. I'm just saying, like, like I said, as I was going back through that transcript, a couple things that both of you said really, really struck me that I was like, wow, that could completely be applied to this situation. And it's, it's you're hearing those inspiring stories of how people are lifting up and helping their neighbors now. Absolutely. So I just thought that was really beautiful and, um, you know, an, an interesting corollary, a, a little bit of a sad one, but an interesting one. Um, but like you said, the, the show is uplifting. And um, I believe you even said in our conversation, you will leave better than when you arrived. So that is something to look forward to, certainly. It's true. And one of the one reason that we um, focus on th that part of the story when we talk about it is the uplifting part is or, or the selfless service part is for us, when we look at the season as a whole, um, and you may be going in this direction, I'm not sure, but when we look at the season as a whole, one of the, there's a theme that develops for us rather uh, apparently, um, and it's about the, whereas last season we was really about a sort of, it was like a passport season and we kept going to different parts of the world. Um, this year, or the season we just announced, we'll still travel to distant places, but we also are exposed to stories that help us think about what it is to be our authentic selves and what are those what are those qualities and what are those characteristics and come from away really embodies that journey in some ways because as we say it, it's about that selfless service um some of the other shows uh, have other themes about integrity versus conformity and and finding value in who we are as opposed to what we look like and what we sound like but this one in particular is about that selflessness that service that that digging into your deep into your soul and finding how best to serve your fellow man and um of all the shows, this one perhaps captures the the overall season theme the best. Mm, yes, and um, the the other show that you have already mentioned uh, too, I think, is also a good representation of that theme that you're discussing. Um, if you are familiar with the early two thousands teen comedy Mean Girls, you might not think so, but I I think it is representative of like you were saying, um, finding finding you know, com not comfort, but uh, 
discovering your own identity and, and who you are uh, in spite of what's going on around you. Um, and it is very funny. Uh, Tina Fey is the one who wrote the wrote the film. She's attached to the stage show as well. So, And you mentioned there's a lot of excitement about this one. Tell me about that. Yeah, so Mean Girls um, actually opens November 3rd, which is election night. Mm. Um, so the show uh, is scheduled so that everybody can go vote, come to the theater, and then go home and watch the returns. So if there's time for all of it. Um, and the show really is about uh, integrity, uh, one's integrity versus conformity versus conforming with the groups that might be around you. It is in the traditional American musical form. It's got, you know, the wonderful arc, the musical, the music actually forward. Um, the book is written by Tina Fey, as was the movie. Her husband, Jeff Richmond, wrote the music for it with lyrics by Nell Benjamin. And the uh, director is Casey Nicola, who also directed Book of Mormon. And so it, it has a little bit of that um, Book of Mormon feel where, um, where it's, a, it's a little more than perhaps what you think it should be, but it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it's the story of, of a bunch of high school students who uh, go through most of a year together and you see what happens with the new girl when she comes up against the queen bee at the high school. So it's a great story. I really, really enjoyed it when I saw it in New York. And um, it's a great girls' night at the theater, but it's one that guys will enjoy too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And part of what I love about it is that it, it doesn't celebrate mean girlism. And let, let's call it what it is, bullying. It doesn't celebrate that. Instead, it, it parodies mm -hmm. um, that sort of behavior so that we can um, understand better and you know, sort of encourage authentic and healthy relationships between folks, particularly between girls and women um, of that, you know, in that time period, in that age. Um, but I also love the fact that it's a very diverse cast. Um, and it, certainly Broadway is going in that direction more and more. It is starting to look more like the country as a whole. And this is one of those shows um, that that really does that well. And Casey Nicola, the director, has been doing that for quite some time with his shows. And he's just, he's really on the forefront of, making sure that Broadway is available to everybody. Uh, and I have to admit, I am particularly excited about Mean Girls as well. Um, I, it's a movie that I did grow up on. Um, you know, it, it seems like one thing when you watch it when you're 13, and then when you are actually in high school, it seems like something else. And then when you're able to look back on it as an adult, it seems like something else. And it gets funnier with, you know, over time to me. And so I'm excited to see how that translates to the stage. And another show that very much aligns with that theme that we have been discussing um, is actually the only show on this season that you said you guys determined is not technically an Arkansas premiere. However, it is a brand new uh, version. I don't even know if adaptation is the correct word. Yeah. It's, so this, you're right. Five of the shows this year are Arkansas premieres. They've never played in the state before. The one you're referring to has played because it was first produced in, gosh, I think 1950s. I think remembering correctly. Yes. <laughs> um, but this this version of it, this production of it, um, has not played the state yet. Yes, and that is My Fair Lady, which is 
such a classic, but it is being produced by the Lincoln Center Theater. And um, as we've discussed, that is the theater who um, recently did the most recent version of The King and I in South Pacific. And those productions were just really um, heralded for, you know, their they're just like sumptuous and they're so beautiful. And so uh, after learning that, I'm very excited to see what they do with this production. And it is gorgeous. It's, uh, you're right. They do lavish work. And this one, uh, My Fair Lady, this production of it is that. It is lush. It is um, fully realized. The, the costuming is gorgeous. The set is uh, almost cinematic sometimes in the way that it moves. It's, it's quite um, something to behold. Um, the story is a familiar one to, to many, if you're familiar with the classic, um, based on George Bernard Shaw's Pygmalion. Um, if it were being written today, I think people might um, categorize it sort of as a, a, a Me Too story or a misogyny story. Mm. Uh, it, it's not necessarily, but clearly those are issues that are um, a part of the story. Um, but it's... Uh, you know, a, a wonderful story of a cockney seller, a flower girl in um, London, and uh, who gets taken in by a um, linguistics professor, and he proposes to make a lady out of her by teaching her proper behavior and proper language. Well, of course, this is about that. What I was talking about earlier about our value as a human being it does not rest in our looks or our behaviors or our language. It's in our morals and our character. And so this story is, um, helps to highlight, you know, whose values, whose character is really the stronger, who's really the stronger person, uh, who has the better sense of values. Um, and so it's all of the classic um, learner and low music that people know and love. You know, I could have danced all night on the street where you live, get me to the church on time. But we're seeing it through 21st century experiences and, and lenses, um, which allow us to see this classic piece of theater in a slightly new way. Jennifer, do you have anything to add? I think really Scott covered it all. <laughs> the thing that I want to, to really underscore is that the, the show is absolutely gorgeous the the sets and the costuming um they just do such an amazing job with those things it really it really transports you once you start seeing everybody come across the stage and those those just beautiful costumes with the sets and it's just it's a lot of fun yeah wonderful um and that is actually the show that will open the season so my fair lady it will open the 2020 2021 Broadway season uh, September 15th um, and as we discussed that is the only one that is technically not an Arkansas premiere it is a brand new version though and from there on out audiences are seeing uh, work that is coming into Arkansas for the very first time and that's very exciting we hope so it is for us whenever we can manage to make that happen yes uh, and our last two show well, <laughs> I was about to say our last two shows are premieres. Of course they are because that's what I just said. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the next show we have not discussed, which is, of course, one that so many people will know and will be accessible for uh, nearly all ages of families as well. Absolutely. I am absolutely just 
thrilled and excited that we're able to bring this new production of Charlie and the Chicago Factory to Walton Arts Center. Um, to my knowledge, this story had not been set um, in this format before. It's sort of based on both movies, both the Gene Wilder movie, uh, Willy Wonka, as well as the Johnny Depp movie, and the source material from Roald Dahl for both of those movies. So uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Broadway musical, is sort of all of those three things rolled up into one package. Uh, it does have uh, the wonderful music from the film, Pure Imagination, The Candyman, I've Got a Golden Ticket, those things, those music, uh, those songs that we remember and love. Um, and the it's like Technicolor on stage. It's just beautiful. Uh, once, once Charlie enters the chocolate factory, it's just so much fun to think about being there and, and wanting to be uh, in this in the same place. It is recommended for all ages. Um, it is a Broadway musical, so it's about two and a half hours long. So the littles, you know, six and under maybe might be a little too long for them. But um, for, for children who are able to, to sit still for a while, it's really a great, fun night. Yes, wonderful. And, um, oh, unless, Scott, you have anything you would like to add before I move on to the last show? Well, I would, you know, this this comes back to our theme because when we're, you know, talking about authentic selves and the, the qualities that, that make us good human beings, this is about resisting temptation. Um, it's about summoning the courage to do the right thing. So much of the season, interestingly, is also um, uh, about women. It really is, it's not the year of the woman, but it's so close. Um, Charlie is one of the exceptions to that because, of course, the protagonist is a young boy. Um, but even within this, um, those the, the the theme that we're talking about of sort of our human qualities, um, this one is a very strong representative has a strong message there. Um, in addition to, and I don't know if Jennifer mentioned this, I, uh, it was breaking up in my year a little bit anyway. Um, a lot of the classic songs that people know and love are in here uh, with Pure Imagination, I've Got a Golden Ticket, Candyman. So a lot of those songs that people know and love, they will be able to enjoy, as well as Oompa Loompas, but we're not going to talk too much about that because how they do that is a special surprise. Then why do you always have to tease us, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> it's my job. It's my job. <laughs> Uh, well, and the last show, um, similar to a couple others on this season, I, I feel like this could almost be a theme as well. Um, several of the shows have, uh, I feel like, a very established fan base. You know, Mean Girls will have a fan base from the film, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from the several several source materials, My Fair Lady uh, as well, just because it's a classic and it will have that fan base. Um, An Officer and a Gentleman is a brand new show. Uh, literally coming through Fayetteville on its way to Broadway. So it's not even been to Broadway yet, uh, meaning, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Fayetteville will get to be some of the first audiences to experience this show. And we love when we can do that because um, we know, and the market knows that Northwest Arkansas is very receptive to new work. The, you know, it's a courageous audience. It's a curious audience that we have here. So when there's an opportunity to share with folks a show that hasn't made it to New York yet, um, that also helps the show because they started to hear how audiences are reacting. And to some degree, you help shape the show um, by the way um, you interact with it. 
So this is a, uh, it was staged in, um, in London previously and is now uh, coming over here on a pre-Broadway uh, tour on, you know, on its way to New York. But it's, um, the show that existed in London is being rewritten um, and is also being directed by Dick Scanlon, whose work includes Thoroughly Modern Millie. So we know we're in great hands. He, he does terrific work. Um, but this is a fantastic date night, but it, it's not just that. Certainly, it, uh, it's, you know, tweeners will enjoy it. Um, I don't know that I would go much below um, sort of that tween age because there is some adult material. Um, but it's a, it's a terrific love story. It's got the soaring music and that song that we all know and love, Up Where We Belong. Um, but it's, a, it's just one of those great love stories from the 80s and one of the highest grossing films. So it's... Um, you know, folks are going to come into it knowing the basic storyline, and I think they'll be really delighted with how it gets, how it, what it ends up looking like on stage. Yes, Jennifer, anything to add? And I'm, I'm getting a message that my colleague Jennifer uh, has lost the connection, so we don't have her anymore. Oh no! Well, we are wrapping up the conversation anyway uh, because that is the final show. I did also want to mention, though that uh, you guys snuck in another very exciting announcement with this uh, season announcement, um, and that is you went ahead and revealed one of the shows that will be on the 2022 season. Uh, would you like to reveal that here as well? Sure. We are thrilled that subscribers to the 2020-2021 season will be first in line to get their tickets for the Northwest Arkansas premiere of Hamilton, which will be coming here early in uh, 2022. Yes, I I literally could not believe it when I saw <laughs> that it was part of the announcement. <laughs> um, and you, you guys are not able to reveal much more than literally just those details, um, but you wanted to go ahead and, and let people know that this is happening so that they can become subscribers because by renewing that Broadway subscription, that is how you will be able to have first dibs at the tickets. And uh, if it goes in Fayetteville like it's gone anywhere else in the country as it's been touring, um, my thought, I'm not in the industry like you, but my thought is that it will sell out fairly quickly. From your lips to God's ears. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we fully anticipate that will be the case. It's been doing that in every market it plays. Um, so we have every reason to expect that it will happen here. And yes, by get, be, becoming a subscriber or renewing your subscription in this season, you will be first in line, which, of course, um, we know that people will want to do. Um, we're one of the smallest theaters that they will have played or that they will be able to play. Um, so we may at some point actually have to stop selling subscriptions to make sure that there are tickets available for later. But um, that would be a very high-class problem, and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, but for now, it's it's uh, we're, we're thrilled. Again, I think it is an, an, an indication of how highly regarded Northwest Arkansas is as a touring Broadway market. In, in fairly short order in the we've gone from being a uh, one-nighter split week market to being full week and now here we are uh, a market of our size being able to present Hamilton it's it's a real tribute to the whole community and the appetite for Broadway that is, exists here it w would not be possible if we didn't have the audience here for Broadway that we do 
Absolutely. And uh, Hamilton, as well as every other show, I think if if you don't travel outside of Northwest Arkansas very often to see shows in other playhouses and other, you know, performing arts centers and other large theaters, it can be easy to forget um, the intimate size of our space. And I don't mean that in the least in a negative way. I feel like there is not a bad seat in the house in Baumwalker Hall. And we get all of these fantastic shows uh, in this intimate, relatively, in my opinion, intimate space. I, I think you're right. And, and, and I think as a result of that, when we have, regardless of the size of the show, our audience's experience of shows is more intimate than if you go to a house that has, say, 3,000 seats in it. You, you may end up sitting in another zip code, whereas <laughs> when you're sitting in our theater, you are never that far from the stage you are it feels as though the performers are almost in your lap sometimes because it's a really intimate space and that's one of the things that uh, i think the the performers and the the musicians respond to when they're in our theater um they can feel that energy even more and i think the performances are even are heightened because of it yes absolutely i i love the energy exchange between stage and audience that I am fully aware of as an audience member as well and I think we are just so fortunate to have the Walton Arts Center here and all of the amazing programming things you guys are bringing to our community. Well we're happy to do it. Thank you for your support of it and we're so thrilled that the community is reacting so well. Yes, we are too. We are too. Uh, so Broadway subscription, the six show Broadway subscription packages are available now. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. So they are available now. Um, is that only renewed subscribers or new subscriptions as well can be purchased? New subscriptions as well. Okay. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> Great. And uh, if you are not a subscriber, um, you really should be because I'm looking at these prices, you guys. And for six shows, it's really not bad. But, <laughs> it really uh, isn't. You're right. <laughs> but if you are not a subscriber, single tickets to all of the Broadway shows and uh, the regular season shows as they are announced, um, all of that information will be coming later this summer. You can always contact the Walton Arts Center box office at 443 five six zero zero uh for more information maybe not right now i don't i don't know what you guys are doing with with all of the social distancing and the closings we are still maintaining our box office believe it or not several of our box office representatives are able to work remotely as well so we still have um live human beings who can help you but of course the website's open 24 7 Okay, yeah, there you go. So uh, you can call the box office. The website, uh, that web address is waltonartscenter.org. And uh, we've had such a great conversation with Scott and Jennifer, but if you want even a little bit more information, as I mentioned, look for that story coming on March 22nd. That will be in the physical newspaper. That will be online. Um, Scott, thank you so much again for your time. Thank you to Jennifer. I hate that we lost her, but as we move forward, we will figure this this different route of technology out and um, I just appreciate you guys being here with us. We're, we're happy to do it. Thank you for, for giving us the time to be able to talk about it and your interest. I have Jennifer on video chat at the moment. She is waving goodbye to you. So she's, <laughs> she's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. All right. We will speak soon. Take care.